The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey everyone, Andrew here from the Poor Poor and Foodies Watching Movies, and you are listening to the Best of the Week show, the only place you can listen to the highlights across all the shows on the network this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, don't believe fake news. Piss off, guys! Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics! I am your host, Nate, and today joining me is a very special guest. You guys know him from the Kids for Sale podcast every other Friday on the Journey Into Comics Network. Welcome for the first time on Journey Into Comics. Chris Plant, how's it going? Uh, it's great. Thank you for having me today. Dude, it's kind of like one of those things we've always wanted to nerd down and do a podcast oh, like absolutely. this. Oh, absolutely. And I know we've been talking about it for a while. <laughs> for a long time. And uh, it's funny because the way things line up, it was like timing was perfect for you to do Voice of Survival. Mm-hmm. And then like we were kind of, we separate went our separate ways for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we collide again with the T-ball thing going yeah. on, yeah. which kind of leads into like right at the round the time that like, all hell broke loose on the network. So it was like, okay, you're a great podcaster. You know what you're doing. Let's just go. And you guys have been killing it on Kids for Sale. Well, thank you. Thank you. We've, think, we've been excited to do the show. Like I've, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while anyway, so this just kind of worked out. So um, uh, thank you for welcoming us to the network dude it's it's been great having you guys so far obviously the people enjoy it i don't typically like try to numbers brag or anything and i won't necessarily get into specifics but you guys are doing like your first episode went to the top of our episodes right away that's awesome to hear it's surprising (laughs) but it's awesome nonetheless (laughs) it's funny because the network's growing up like we went from butt stuff and literature to like (laughs) kids for sale and adulting ain't easy and it's like I kind of like that evolution. Um, how has it been for you, kind of like actually helming a podcast now and like having a little bit of a drive? It's uh, it's been fun. It's been exciting. Like I, I uh, it's something I've been wanting to do. I, I I bought all this podcasting equipment like four or five years ago, and I started a, a podcast briefly, uh, a Disney themed podcast with my sisters, and that only went about six or seven episodes. And then ever since then, this equipment's just been collecting dust and i've been looking for another reason to do it and then you you contacted me and i was like hell yeah this is about time yeah it's weird because we were like i was like just come up with any pilot like i don't care what your show is whatever idea it doesn't matter and then i was just like you know honestly it could be it it could be cool i don't know oh shit as i I, i'm still getting used to this pop filter because dick from podcast is like bro if you're gonna have the like filter off the mic itself mm-hmm. you need an additional pop filter because your peas are really killing me and i was like all right fine <laughs> anyway so um you know uh i was like your parent you mm-hmm. have that perspective mm-hmm. maybe that's a, a way to that's a that's a place to come from well it's it's been easy to talk about so far it's, it just flows so which is what you want from a podcast really you can tell it almost seems like sometimes you guys are like okay we're at an hour we need to just cut this off but we really could go for another hour yeah i i've actually talked to her i said the next time something like that happens we'll cut the episode at an hour and then we'll just roll into the next one we'll start another episode and we'll just keep a backlog and drop them when we can that's kind of like how bruise with dudes does it because there's not anything that um time stamps them you know there's not yeah. like current events right. or media or whatever so they can just go okay well we're covering this brew and it was from a month ago which is sometimes funny because they like we had like in the early middle of may 
an episode of theirs dropped that was a 420 special. Yeah. They did like during 420. <laughs> so it was like, okay, it's a little late, but doesn't yeah. matter. It's cool. <laughs> So um, we're here to talk comics today, man. Okay. And there's like, we could go to all different places, but I'm actually interested of all the things comic book related. I don't really know your like comic book history. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, I guess my history with comic books started where most start just as a kid, you know, going to the comic book shop and seeing all the cool art and everything. And, and whenever my mom would buy me anything, I would just pick out the coolest looking comic and read it. And I'd say nine times out of 10, I was a Marvel guy. Awesome. Um, Same. Just, and, and still to this day, I, I just kind of, I prefer the Marvel characters. I prefer the Marvel universe. It just seems more, I don't, I don't know. At it, home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just kind of speaks to me, I guess. But you know, surprisingly more than the comic books themselves though, I was a big collector of the comic book cards, which I don't even know if they make anymore. Oh my God, I don't know if that's dude. a thing, but I, I had a huge collection of comic book cards. And so like that was that was where I got most of my comic book news was I'd get a new pack of cards and I'd read the back like and they would give you like the little synopsis of, oh, this is what's been happening in his world lately. Or and, this is the backstory of this new right. character. Oh, yeah. And, and the, yeah. I loved those. That's that's where I got a lot of my a lot of my comic. I book feel like you way. had like the '93 X Men set, didn't you? I probably did. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's one of the most legendary they've, comics. They've been sets they've been gone comics. for so long. Like I I I wish I knew what I had. Well, next time we do a podcast, I'm going to bring out my collection oh, of comic cards. You have no idea how excited I would be to see that. <laughs> I have. We, there's a lot. There really is. Um, and then the last like set of comic cards I collected. Um, interestingly enough, was in 2012 when the Avengers movie came out. Okay. They did movie cards, right? And I went ham. I was buying pack after pack after pack. I got a costume card, a solo costume card from each character of the Avengers. Oh, nice. I have, uh, they did 84 cards like this. There are only 84 of them that exist. For one of each panel of an original Avengers, they cut an original Avengers and made these cards. Oh, wow. So I have like one page it's thor's hammer smacking i think hulk in the face um which is perfect yeah right you know it's like card 21 of 84 but they literally just took a number one that they still had and mm -hmm. cut it and created these cards and wow and i and i ended up getting one but that was the last set i like hardcore collected but yeah i i didn't even know that existed i, yeah, I thought so they're definitely i thought still... comic book cards were gone for a while no i think they still do them i think they're just harder to find they're definitely a niche market now yeah. i'm sure you could probably go online and buy like boxes yeah. and boxes and that could be a fun thing for you and mark to do actually yeah like get oh, absolutely. some comic cards and just like try to collect a set yeah the old school way yeah right i know one pack at a time and he's he's so into that kind of stuff too like he he, he loves opening a pack of cards he loves opening a, a a new comic book and that makes you feel great i right? know, As a parent, I know I'm, I'm doing something right <laughs> you're like yes or like when they when your kid references a superhero mm -hmm. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter like we were watching black panther the night and ollie goes wakanda forever and i lost it i was oh, like yeah. oh I my saw, god that's I, the greatest moment posted that on facebook yeah, or something it was, i was gonna say i remember reading that the other it's day it's just like it's it's crazy stuff like that did you just like see these kids take in the culture that we took in right and you see how easy it is to grasp because right. they're grasping it very easily so what are some of your favorite characters like a top um, three from marvel let's oh, say top three from marvel it's it's hard to say. I go through phases, you know. Like, obviously, when when the Iron Man movie came out, I was just like, "Oh my God, Iron Man must he's like the coolest character that's ever been in the Marvel universe." And so I got all excited about Iron Man. But I don't know. I, I've 
I guess as a kid, I always, I always liked, obviously Wolverine. Wolverine's like the, that's the go-to for everybody, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about him later for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've always liked uh, Cyclops. Was always one of my favorites. Scott Summers. Yeah, excellent. And, and like I, I had action figures and stuff of Cyclops and that from was... the animated series era. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, I was always into. Let's see. Gambit was one of my favorites growing up. Fuck yes. First appearance is Uncanny X-Men 264. I have it somewhere. I was going to say, of course you would know that off the top of your head. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's 264. Or it's 266. It's definitely 266. But I just love, you know, I loved, and and funny you mentioned like the the cartoon, that that X-Men cartoon growing up. It was fantastic. It, It was it was perfect. It's it was, on Hulu and still is stands it really? the test of time. Absolutely. Oh. I watch it all the time. It's great. I, I'm going to be watching it later today. I will be watching it later today. I you guarantee should. It. Um, but yeah, so those those were the characters that I really got hooked on was the ones on the show. So typically um, X-Men first. What about Spidey? Because yeah. he also had Spider-Man. the animated show. <clears throat> Spider-Man uh, was... I guess I didn't, I didn't get into him as much as a kid, but... Now as an adult, I've learned to appreciate him more, you know, and I, you know, knock some of the movies all you want. I've loved every single one of them, except for Spider-Man 3. Yep. Spider-Man 3. Emo McGuire. Yes. Yeah. No, I agreed. I loved Andrew Garfield's run. Yeah, for sure. Like they could have continued his universe and I would have been satisfied. The death of Gwen Stacy was one of the most powerful movie moments. Right. Ever. Because they, they got it right. Like right. from the the web catching her to the snap and her yeah, head yeah the little thud. snap yep oh it's just like crushing and then Andrew Garfield just <clears throat> delivers with that emotion did you see him in Hacksaw Ridge have you no. ever seen that movie no I haven't real story based on World War Two I'm pretty sure but it's okay. like this one dude he was a medic Andrew Garfield plays this medic he literally got every platoon member who was injured and dying safe and on the helicopter like really? risked his own life got blown up and shit yeah. Super crazy. Uh, it was Mel Gibson's return movie. He directed, okay. and like, I think it should have won an Oscar. I don't think if it did. But anyways, I digress. Um, so back to you're kind of getting you're growing up a little bit. Obviously, in 2000, we had the X Men movie. Yep. Does that affect your like love for comics too? You're like, oh my god, like yep. next level. Because so I fell off of comic books for a while. Like like I was into them as a kid, and then around middle school, high school, I just kind of. I stopped collecting. I stopped, you know, I got rid of my collection. And got into music and girls. Yeah, exactly. Like like everybody. Okay, yeah. Um, but then the X-Men movie came out, and I was like, well, maybe I should get back into this again. And I I, I didn't, and I still haven't. I, I'm, I've been trying a lot more lately to get back into comic books, but, like, just the comic book movies of the last 15, 20 years have really, like, gotten me excited about comic books again yeah they've they've definitely upped the ante i mean the like cornerstone of the podcast that we're doing today is built on the fact that i loved talking about the movies of this universe even though i love collecting the books the one thing i can say about comic books is everything's with the times Mm -hmm. some stories are going to stand the test of time because they live outside of the rules of it being dated and having things that let you know that and it tells a bigger narrative um, but overall, man, comics are great for like looking back on the history and going, that was a cool moment. Oh, for sure. That was a cool sure. moment, you know, and not every character is lucky to have like cool moments, right? you know, 
And I think it's cool now Marvel is getting so brave, and we can actually probably just, if, you, if you're feeling it, segue into this. We both read a new Marvel comic mm-hmm. that they just relaunched, which was Thor number one. Right. What are your thoughts? I, well, it's the first Thor book I've ever picked up. Same. And I... I really enjoyed it. I, it was it was a I, it's it's a little confusing because you could tell a a lot has happened in that universe oh, yeah. that that I don't know of, you know. And but there's a lot of like striking similarities between well seemingly between that comic book world and the cinematic world. So it it feels almost like if you watch the movies, you can kind of understand some of the backstory, but there's still a lot there that like there's, I have no idea. There are definitely parts that are confusing. Like uh, I can't, I can never think of her name. Uh, Thor's mom. Uh, yeah, I, I just read it too. I, uh, I just want to yell Renee Russo because that's who <laughs> right, played right. her. But uh, so Renee Russo and Anthony Hopkins aren't speaking in the comic <laughs> universe, right? You know? right. And so Odin and her aren't talking, and like Thor's got a golden arm, yeah, almost yeah. like Winter Soldiery. Yes. I don't know where he lost that. Um, we know Mjolnir is gone. Yes. Uh, Jane Foster ended up with it and became Lady Thor. Yes. I don't know what her journey was. I didn't right. read Lady I was going to say, it seems like, and, and it's even referenced in this, in this issue that, uh, the change from Jane back to a male Thor again mm-hmm. is, is very recent because, uh, I, I don't know how, how, do you do spoilers on here? Yeah, okay. feel free. I was going to say, uh, is... it, very early into the issue, uh, there's a battle between Thor and Juggernaut, which is awesome. And and Juggernaut says something about, I thought Thor was a woman. And, and so th- obviously this change back has just, just happened. Like even the universe is feeling the right. effect of it. Funny to mention that because, uh, yeah, Kane Marco shows up as Juggernaut. Uh, he has the warlock's eye. He had like mm-hmm. stolen that relic because I guess I, I was did the, did Odin scatter all the relics? Is that what it's, Thor said? It sounds like I don't, I don't know if the way I read it, it seemed like when when uh, Asgard was destroyed, everything, everything kind of went. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so Juggernaut is now unstoppable with this thing. He's yeah. like he's billed as the absolute strongest. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Poor Report with your host, Andrew Poor. Trying to think about what to actually talk about on today's show. I didn't really have time to get through some articles, but I thought something interesting to do and something I really haven't done on the show before was to have this be a Twitter-centric episode, and I'm going to go through all of the tweets that Trump posted since my last episode and there's going to be a lot of them and i'll just going to read through them some of them for the first time and provide my kind of my color commentary so it may be a short episode it may be a long episode i'm not sure kind of see how we get into this so just bear with me and i'll see where this thing goes i'm fighting a little bit tired because it's almost midnight and i'm fighting a dying phone battery so it's always fun when the shows are a little unscheduled there's still a little more openness so i'm going to jump in this is Trump's tweet from six days ago, and it says, Thank you, Prime Minister Lee Sin Lung, which I'm guessing is the Prime Minister up coordinate the Korean summit with uh, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. And then it was on a tweet, Meetings between staff and representatives are going well and quickly, but in the end, that doesn't matter. We all know 
soon whether or not a real deal unlike those of the past can happen. Then he goes to stock market up almost 40% since the election with $7 trillion of U.S. value built throughout the economy, lowest unemployment rate in many decades with black and Hispanic unemployment lowest in history, and female unemployment lowest in 21 years. Highest confidence ever. He really likes to just tout little bullet point facts. Stock market up 40%. $7 trillion of U.S. value. Lowest unemployment rate in many decades. Black and Hispanic unemployment lowest in history. Female unemployment lowest in 21 years. It's just a lot of information. It seems like it jumps from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's great. I know unemployment is down. Stock market is up. So those are good things. Don't know if there's directly rated them because we, as we've learned in the past, a current president's actions aren't totally driven by it's all, sometimes it's still residual effect from the previous president because things tend to be pretty slow moving between legislation and what you do in office affecting the market around you. And the unemployment rate was dropping a little bit under the latter part of President Obama's term before it went to President Trump's turn. So kind of see where we go. So he follows it up with the fact that I'm having a meeting is a major loss for the U.S. Say the haters and losers. Hold on. The fact that I am having a meeting is a major loss for the U.S. Say the haters and losers. We have our hostages, testing, research, and all missile launches have stopped, and these pundits who have called me wrong from the beginning have nothing else they can say. We will be fine! Exclamation point. I don't even know what he's talking about. I'm sure there was something that was ruffling his feathers. Uh, just one big Supreme Court decision on voting. Great news. Um... Not sure what that's about. A lot of these have zero context, which I feel like is kind of how the president operates on his personal Twitter. It's a lot of just quick reaction. There's something in the news, something going on at the time, and out of context, you have no idea what they're actually referring to. Uh, Our great Larry Kudlow, who has been working so hard on trade and the economy, has just suffered a heart attack. He is now in Walter Reed Medical Center. Okay. Hopefully he's doing well now. The next thing is a video showing it looks like uh donald trump's arrival to the it's basically a singapore promotional event leading up to his interaction with kim jong-un it looks like it was maybe the white house showing their first interaction with the korean flags and the u.s flag side by side and then them walking through the singapore at this looks like a lovely hotel actually i looked this up kim jong-un was only like 35 years old so there's very interesting. And him and Donald Trump are actually both at very similar heights and build, which is also kind of interesting comparison. We see the side-by-side pictures of them. Uh, moving from that. Henry McMaster loves the people of South Carolina and was with me from the beginning. He is strong on crime and border, great for our military and our vets. He's doing a fantastic job as your governor and has my full endorsement. A special guy. Vote on Tuesday. Just a very promotional tweet from himself and then looks like he retweeted it was he originally posted on the 9th and then retweeted it i'm guessing to get closer to last tuesday which was the election day for some of the southern states like south carolina uh looks like he's just going on a spree i strongly endorse adam laxalt for governor of nevada adam is smart works hard and knows how to win he'll be a great governor also will fight hard to lower your taxes and is tough on crime 
Mark Stanford has been very unhelpful to me in my campaign to make America great again, or MAGA. He is MIA and nothing but trouble. He is better off in Argentina. I fully endorse Kate Arrington for Congress in South Carolina, a state I love. She's tough on crime and will continue our fight to lower taxes. Vote Katie. So this is just him going through a couple tweets supporting random lower-level government uh, candidates. Don't know the whole thing about Mark Sanford in Argentina. I don't know if he's from there or thinks he should just go there. Don't have a whole lot of context on this either. Seems to be he's just likes candidates who are tough on crime and will lower taxes. But Taxville didn't really lower it. It's a whole other thing. Uh, heading back from Singapore after... Heading back home from Singapore after a truly amazing visit, great progress was made on the denuclearization of North Korea. Hostages are back home. We'll be getting the remains of our great heroes back to their families. No missile shot, no research happening, sites closing. Okay. Oh, sites closing. Got along great with Kim Jong-un, who wants to see wonderful things for his country. As I said earlier today, anyone can make a war, can make war but only the most courageous can make peace. Singapore Summit. And looks like a video. He also shared a video from Facebook through the White House Facebook page. A story of opportunity. Uh, the picture, I'm not going to go to Facebook to look that up, but the picture just shows both of them on each on different sides of a table. Another post about, it's time for another MAGA rally. Join me in Duluth, Minnesota on Wednesday, June 20th at 6.30 p.m. That's one thing I've never quite understood about a sitting president doing rallies. To me, it's a campaign thing. Like, he's, it's too soon to run for 2020. It's not a good use of taxpayer time in him for him to go to different places throughout the U.S., have a rally, give random campaign-style stump speeches, get the cheers of his diehard fans. It just seems like he just does this to get an ego boost every couple weeks, which he might just like. I I don't think there's a benefit to it. I don't know the audience or the size of the audience. I know I'm sure he does, but it seems he likes and he actually sells tickets from the looks of it, maybe. I'm just curious. I'm going to go to the link here to see. Oh, no, it doesn't cost, but you have to register through Trump's website to get tickets, and it's probably a way to get uh, advertising and stuff like that to show up. I know I I did that just to... I was curious, and then I got bombarded with texts from Donald Trump, from, quote-unquote, Donald Trump, but I'm guessing it's just campaign offices to donate money, so... Definitely don't sign up or put your phone number on any of those things, because you will get spammed. Um, next tweet is, There's no limit to what NOCO can achieve when it gives up its nuclear weapons and embraces commerce and engagement with the world. Chairman Kim has before him the opportunity to be remembered as the leader who ushered in a glorious new era of security and prosperity for his citizens. This is the, And it also includes a picture of them signing their peace agreement or whatever they want to call that. I want to thank Chairman Kim for taking the first bold step toward a bright new future for his people. Our unprecedented meeting, the verse between an American president and a leader of North Korea, proves that real change is possible. 
We'll see what it... From everything I've read, it seems to be... Some hard to quanti- hard to follow up on promises. And... We'll kind of see. It might be a first step. I know it seems like we gave up more than we got, but it's a little too soon to tell. Another tweet. The world has taken a step back from potential nuclear catastrophe. No more rocket launches, nuclear testing, or research. These hostages are back home with their families. Thank you to Chairman Kim. Our day together was historic. I think a lot of thinking. Uh, a year ago, the pundits and talking heads, people that couldn't do the job before, were begging for consolation and peace. Please meet, don't go to war. Now that we meet and have a great relationship with Kim Jong-un, the same hater shout out, you shouldn't meet, do not meet. Okay. Alright, uh... To the next day, my political representatives didn't want me to get involved in the Mark Sanford primary, thinking that Sanford would e- win easily. With a few hours left, I felt Kate was such a good candidate and Sanford was so bad, I had to give it a shot. Congrats to Kate Arrington. So, or Katie Arrington. So, a candidate that he endorsed a f- yesterday on those tweets. Looks like she won. Uh, Robert De Niro, a very low IQ individual, has received too many shots in the head by real boxers in movies. I watched him last night and truly believe he may be punch drunk. Quote, unquote, punch drunk. I guess he doesn't. Uh, follow up, and then the follow up is because it trails off dot, dot, dot. Realize, uh, I guess he doesn't realize the economy is the best it's been with employment being an all time high and many companies pouring back into our country. Wake up, punchy. Proving again that Trump, when he doesn't like someone, gives them a funny nickname. And it's kind of interesting how. Just last year, Don or not Donald Trump, Kim Jong Un was Little Rocket Man, and now he's thanking uh, Chairman Kim Jong Un. So it shows that when you're nice to him, you get a your normal name, but when you're mean to him, he gives you a funny nickname like Punchy. And all all Robert De Niro said, I watched the little clip. All he just says when he goes up. At the Tonys was, fuck Donald Trump. Sorry I'm cursing on my own show, but hey, this happened. So that's all he said, and apparently that was enough to get Donald Trump upset. But I guess when you attack him personally... But he never said he didn't do any of these things. The economy being great, and companies pouring back into the country, which I don't know how much we've actually seen of that. Yeah, I, it's just, you messed with them. So he's going after you a little bit. Uh, next tweet is, Congratulations to Corey Stewart for his great victory for Senator from Virginia. Now he runs against a total stiff, Tim Kaine, who is weak on crime and borders and wants to raise your taxes through the roof. Don't underestimate Corey, a major chance of winning. Uh, Tim Kaine, for those of you who remember, was the VP candidate for on Hillary Clinton's ticket in the 2016 election. And Corey Stewart, I guess, is another guy, Senator from Virginia, who's just running against him and has Donald Trump's endorsement, obviously, because he's a Republican. And I'm sure it would really stroke Donald Trump's ego if Tim Kaine lost to someone he endorsed. Uh, follow-up tweet is, Just landed a longer trip. A long trip, but everyone can now feel much safer than the day I took off, as there's no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea. Me with Kim Jong-un was an interesting and very positive experience. North Korea has great potential for the future. I don't think one meeting over a few days can you can say that North Korea is no longer a nuclear threat. Because they can say whatever they want, but you didn't see them dismantling it in person. 
that site could be one of many that the one they actually did destroy. I think it's too soon to call it. You should be cautiously optimistic at best in that situation. It ain't easy. We're already figuring that out, even though we closed out our house only, what, two, a little less than two weeks ago? Maybe two weeks. Uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, and we, st- I mean, it's a quite a process. I mean, at first it's kind of fun, and then you get into the nitty gritty, and it's like, it can be overwhelming at times. I agree 100%. It's been stressful. I know the, because when we first looked at the house that we ended up closing on and buying and there were now homeowners of like when we first went through with our realtor it was overwhelming to say the least it was just there was mm-hmm. so much it was just because it wasn't it wasn't a bad house it was just very dated mm-hmm. and it was just hard to see past the wallpaper and the wood paneling and the yeah. kitchen and the bathrooms and all that stuff like the brown toilet mm-hmm. liz's we'll, favorite yeah. thing to talk about and we'll get to that i mean i guess we let's talk about how we started when we started the process, like how, I guess, because there's got to be a beginning to everything. So right. we kind of, I guess, ever since maybe, I think ever since we got engaged, which is about almost a year ago, mm-hmm. we were looking at houses, I mean, just internet looking at houses, because we had no idea, you know, what kind of things we could afford and, you know, what things we really wanted in a house, what things we could do without and things like that. Right. So it was kind of a process. So we each had things we wanted. Like, I know originally we wanted a fenced-in backyard for our dog, Max, because we just wanted him to be able to... I like how he looked up as soon as he heard his name. Just so he could let him outside, he can do his business, because one thing that's kind of sucks about being in an apartment is that every time he needs to go out, I have to go out with him on a leash, and we go for a walk, and I take him to do his business. And kind of having the ability just to let him out in the backyard is would be a nice treat. And we also wanted to look at maybe, like, an attached garage, because there's one thing... That's not fun. It's like parking your car and have to go out in the rain or in the elements to get into the house. So we were looking for those two things. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it... The, so we kind of thought about that for a while in the fall and in the winter as we were doing all of this wedding planning stuff, which we kind of talked about earlier in the show. Yeah, so it's not just like... It's very hard. I mean, I guess for me it's very hard to be spur of the moment when it comes to different um, like big processes. So yeah, we've. it took us a while probably a couple of months before we actually decided to like go actually look at houses. But even before we looked at houses, we even, we had to figure out what we could afford. So we even before that, we had to talk to a lender, like a mortgage lender mm-hmm. and talked about like what kind of thing, what it would look like if we bought a, I don't know, like a certain amount on a house and what would our monthly payment be and things like that. And, um, that, was that was very weird. I think a kid was just screaming down the hallway. Okay, I thought it was Daisy, and I was very worried. No, I think there was a na- one of the neighbor <laughs> kids in my building. It's just having That's a the nice thing about a house. Our neighborhood's so quiet. But so, anyway, yeah. So we started in. I think we started. Like, we met with the lender, and we talked just to get an idea of what to even start looking for to get like based on our income and like all that stuff. What what we could handle. Like, in terms of down payment and monthly yeah. costs and all that. Because I... And what was nice is that our mortgage lender is actually a family friend of mine. Um, he... 
his son and my brother did a lot of sports together. So as a result, our families were very close. So it was nice that he could be realistic with us. And he wasn't really trying to sell us too much on like going higher than we wanted to in terms of like, um, like monthly payments and down payments. So he was very helpful at that because I feel like sometimes you can get pressured into things that you can't afford. And then when you actually get them, it's very scary (laughs) and very expensive. And you have to change, you know, the way that you, um, have your life set out. I mean, that was the one thing that we wanted. We wanted to make sure that we could buy a house, but also not really have to change like our lifestyle. Like, Right. Having to live off of ramen. And, right. You know, like boxed meals. We want to be able to still afford our groceries, still afford our bills while living right. in the house. Exactly. And that, and there was one thing, like, and then so we kind of got that. So, like, you could look in this price range and then. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing to have a price range in mind because then it just makes it, you don't want to be looking at a house that you can't afford and then get upset right. when you find out the price. Because I feel like that was something also. That I was, like, I didn't, my mom was kind of a big part of the process, and I was really worried about going too high over budget, because I knew there was a lot of good houses out there that was just a little bit over our budget, but we couldn't, like, in my mind, I couldn't see myself going and going ahead with it, because I was worried that it would be too, it'd be too much of a financial strain, strain for us, especially since, you know, I'm a teacher, I don't make very much, and... Andrea's student loans, so we want to be sure that we can still live our life without right. worrying about money too yeah. much. Exactly. We wanted to, yeah, we wanted to not look like, because their price range is always like, you can get, there's like a, anywhere between like fifty and $100,000 in a range that you could go around. And you don't want to, never really want to go near the top of your range because even though you, they, like they claim you can afford it, you don't want to be that strapped. So you, luckily we found something that was really close, like really down on our price range so mm-hmm. we could manage it and move forward with that so we spent well i mean i guess we could talk about the different because it wasn't honestly it was not the first house that we saw that we really liked um because we had start so we'd started in what beginning of beginning of march i think was when we started i mean we went out how many different times like i would say at least three went three weekends probably saw usually like what six houses at a time so we saw probably Upwards of 20, 25 mm-hmm. houses, maybe? Yeah, and there was actually one house that was relatively close to the apartment right now, where Andrew is, that we really liked. And there wasn't a whole lot that, um, there was needed, any work that needed to be done on it. But at that point, it was literally, like, our second house that we saw in total, you know, like, all together. And we were the, the front of house? the... Yeah, no, not that one. Um, the Clearbrook house. Oh, yes. Um, and it was, like, perfect. It checked a lot of our boxes. But at that time, we weren't ready to put in an offer. We had no idea. Yeah, we... And then it was, like, the second... We wanted to see it maybe a second time. And by the time we did that, or by the time our real estate agent got back to us, um, it, it was contingent. already contingent. So someone had already put in a bid, and it was kind of off the table. So it was kind of upsetting at first, but, I mean, we had a couple of those moments where we were like, oh, we really like this house, but then by the time we actually jumped the gun, um, you know, it didn't work out, and it was probably for the better, because the house that we have now was not anything that we thought, you know, right. we could deal with or handle. Like, I think, at least, I can't really speak for Liz on but I know some, at least that 
I wanted something initially like looking at house. I wanted something that was relatively turning. I wanted stuff like you paint, you change carpeting, you change fixtures and stuff like that. Like that was the extent I was really looking for, at least initially. Yeah, and but the the thing that we kept running into was that the houses in our price range were small, and it was like we kind of had to ask ourselves how long how long do we really want to stay in the house that we buy, and also. Like, do we want to make this an investment or not? So we kind of decided that we would want to make kind of an investment because by the time we want to move, we want to we want to make a little money on. So we could roll into a larger house or a nicer house or because like there was houses that were beautiful that were like two hundred more square feet than my apartment, which is small. Like yeah, and if we want to start a family in the next couple of years. We would have to move, and that's just another stress that we'd have to put on ourselves in a couple of years. And dude, and we had to really weigh, you know, is it worth it? And to us, I mean, after seeing this house, it wasn't really worth it to keep looking at these small houses. Because that was one thing that like Liz's parents like stressed with us is like, you don't want to, because a lot of people that are selling these houses are people that are our age who or are like four or a few years ahead of us in terms of life. They got married, had a kid or two, and now don't fit in the house anymore, so they're looking to up, to, like, move up. So we, so you could, we could see, if any house like this, we're seeing a few years into our future and knowing that, like, five years from now, we're in the same boat selling a house and breaking even and then trying to get a new house out of it. Yeah, and that was the thing, too. We were seeing these houses that were very small, but they were nicely decorated, and there wasn't a lot of work that needed to be done, but, and it was just, like, it stunk because you couldn't do really much different to... To, to up the value of the house. Right. But then it was like in April that we saw our house right now. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Beginning, of, it was like right around, because like the house that we were about ready to pull the trigger on, that was like the last, that was like the last thing, and like it was a, it was a great house that had like a basement that needed a minor work to finish it. It, it had kind of what we wanted. It was still small, but you could get a lot more living space out of the basement, had a nice backyard and garage and all that stuff. But at the same, like, we were going to have, uh, like, my parents were coming into town. I was like, oh, we'll have them all check it out. They'll sign off on it. We'll put an offer in. We'll hopefully get it and then move on. And it was and it was a pretty good price for it. And then basically, like, the morning that we were going to look at it or the night we were going to look at it, it yeah, they pulled it right out in front of us, so... But that really, it, we had to get a little bit of rejection to kind of set us up for a house that, on initial glance, was probably why it's been sitting for a while. It it just didn't have the appeal that, and we had to kind of see beyond just the what it looked like on the outside and see the bones and the potential on the inside. Yeah, and that's like, and that's why it's nice to have someone that has more of a design eye go with you. Because I think having my mom come and, like, help us through it was a big, you know, was a big thing. Because for us, I don't think we're very much, like, interior design-minded. So we walked into this house with a ton of wallpaper and 1970s appliances and... Wood paneling. Wood paneling and a kind of a shoddy roof. And we were like, what the heck are we doing? Like, this is crazy. Like, this is so much work. But my mom was like, you know, she was kind of giving us a lot of suggestions along the way. And like, you know, and our real estate agent was very, fairly confident that we could get it to a price range where we could do some of those improvements and not worry about the financial strain of a mortgage plus, you know, redoing certain things. Right. 
And then we kind of, it was a lot of thinking we had to do before we actually decided, like, yeah, we need to put an offer in on this place. And right, because I know I was, I was pretty apprehensive originally because I, I think after we looked at it, and it's like, I think we had to agree it, like we had to kind of reassure each other through this process. We each had our like, mm-hmm. our not our, necessarily our buyer's remorse, but like, do we really want to do this? There's a lot that needs to be done. I remember your parents like saying like they'll help us out in terms of like getting work done and all of that. And then my dad looked at all and said like, there's great potential here. I can see fixing this, 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 and this. And we're going to fuck gonna the sodomites in, in the... What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Podcastrophy, episode 42. I am your host, Dick, and Tyler's not here. Actually, I am Tyler. I had a sex change. So we could have better sex life. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> you you could never be Tyler. You could only be Miranda. Is that a compliment or a, a diss? Like a... It better be a compliment. I need an adult. I have to return some tapes. Anyway, so <laughs> Tyler can't be here, so I, I was I was throwing around the idea of like, all right, who do I get to guess? Should I do a solo cast? Uh, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I got Miranda. She was already going to be here, so I was like, why not? So how you doing, Miranda? I've been better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun dealing with... Uh, you know, it, it's okay. So last week, uh, last Friday, um, the, the, what's it, the kids for sale podcast, mm-hmm. uh, they talked all about being step parents and to, to each other's children. And it ended up being mostly about like, they were kind of, they were kind of talking shit about like their, the other parent. But at the same time, it was like all reasonable stuff. It was just griping, and you know. But that's just part of it. Like it ended up being more about that than actually talking about being a step parent. But that's part of being a step parent is having to deal with the other person if they're involved in the kid's life. How are you handling that? Oh boy. <laughs> um, well, I'm a pretty laid back person. You know this. Uh, so. <sighs> y- y- yeah, I'm a laid back person, and I can, but I can only take so much, and it's it's really frustrating. Um, Tell me about it. Seeing your kids and how great they are, and then seeing you and how great you are at parenting them, and then having to listen to you talk about him and how shitty he is, and like yet yeah, he he views himself as perfect in his eyes. I mean, that's that happens a lot with just people in general, but. Uh, he just does not, I mean, given, I don't know him, I don't know what's going on in his situation, but you have it. Be thankful. (laughs) Yeah. But you have at least like 10 years of experience with him. So, you know, you know, and so I, I just, I can, and I know you and I know how genuine, genuine of a person you are. And I feel like I'm always really good about telling you if you're in the wrong or if you're being ridiculous even when it involves him, mm-hmm. I've always been really good about like 
being, you know, unbiased and being like, all right. That is true because you did take a side for something a couple weeks ago and I was like, no, you take my side. <laughs> no, fuck you. Fuck you. You're uh, on my side. But yeah, I, but like that's that's just part of being who I am is I, I, I have to look at all the options. I have to look at every side and decide. I, I do my best to do that because that's fair. And you know, and I'm a fair person. Yeah, and you are, and I want. And when I'm wrong, I admit I'm wrong. I don't want to be the guy that just takes your side just because you're my girlfriend. Right, and I don't want you to do that either. No, then I feel like you're lying. How do I know if he's being honest with me? Yeah, exactly. So, and there, so there are times when I'm like, hey, knock it off. (laughs) But there, are 99% of the time, uh, you are right, and he is being a fucking cunt. Piece of shit. He's being a piece of shit, and you know that's. That's unfortunate because – and um, so what happened today, I guess, is it's it's his day with the kids. Yes, his day and, and his you, night. And his night. And you happened to run into him at Walmart. Yes, I ran into him at Walmart without with, the kids. Without the kids, yeah. And you're like – Pissed off instantly. I started shaking. I was mad. Yeah. I wanted to go up and punch him in the face. Which, I mean, there's – okay, so – there's nothing wrong with them finding or him finding someone to watch the kids while he goes and does something There's on his not. day. He I can mean, do what he wants. With yeah. His own time. Yeah. That's fine. But you, all you wanted to know was where were the kids? Where, Hey, where are the kids at? Who have the kids? And that's what I did. I sent him a text. I said, how are the kids? He didn't say anything back. At that point, I'm really pissed off. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going to act like I don't know he's here. I said, who has the kids? Still nothing. I walk past him. He doesn't spot me. Send him another message. Where are the kids? I know you're at Walmart. Where are the kids? Still nothing. He then messages me and says, they're fine. And that pissed me off. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care why you're out and about. Ask, let's just answer the question. All I want to know is where my kids are, who they're with, and if they're safe. That's all I want to know. I have the right yeah. to know who has them. Yeah. What's up, Derek Smith Jr.? Thanks for watching. I just cracked open a ice cold brew. Um, not to deviate from your story too much, yeah. but this is uh, the Triple Berry Slurpee from 450 North. Smoothie style Ber- Berliner Weiss with blueberry, raspberry, and blackberry. We're going to give this a shot. Um, I wanted to give this a tr- I wanted to try it with her on it because she actually likes the Slurpee series. Uh, she can't drink a whole one, which I understand. I'm getting. They're still too yeasty. They're, they're that makes pretty no yeasty. Sense, but. I, no, I get it. I, they have that taste, but I wanted to. Uh, Derek's a good guy. You see what he's saying over here? <laughs> he's smart. So we'll get back to your story here in a second. Okay. I'm gonna pour this out. <laughs> Awkward silence. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Go ahead and give that a try. Oh well. No, you know I don't like the foam on it. All right, cool. I like head, but not that head. Ooh. Anyway, while we're waiting on that to settle a little bit and breathe, um, anyway, go. Where were you at in your story? That's where I just that I he wouldn't answer. Yeah, he wouldn't answer, and you know, it's like all you have to do is say, "Hey, the kids are here." That's all I wanted. It's simple. I wanted a simple like like and and like I told you, I mean, 
I, I I'm fair and I'm like, you know what? Boy, he does with the kids on his time. Just like we we can get a babysitter when we right. want to do something and we have and the I kids. I don't tell him. I don't have to have his permission. Yeah. And that's what I told him. But I, if I, he were to ask you, like, where the like I would who, tell who has the kids? Yeah, you would have no issue telling him. Sir, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. Um. But and that's what I told him. I said, I don't care what you're doing. I don't give a shit about you. I just want to know where my kids are. I have the right for that. And he said, it's not my day with them. I don't have the right to know. No, you have every right to know. Uh, feel free to sh- pop up in the comments yes. and Am let I us know how wrong? you oh, feel okay. about this. Am I in the wrong? <laughs> uh, Derek says, co-parenting is hard as fuck. I know. It, it is very difficult. I'm, I'm not even married to this girl yet. And I, I feel like I'm the, these kids' stepfather. I mean, and that, that's the plan. I have every, every intention of becoming their stepfather. So, I mean, it, it's really cool because um, for Father's Day, her her daughter drew me something. I shared it on Facebook. She shared it on Facebook. Uh, it says, "I love you, Blaine." It has a it's a little stick figure a family, family of all of us, and it was it was really cool. It's fun. I thought it was funny that she gave me a black T shirt. I asked her what color. And- <laughs> typically are always in black yeah i always wear and black t-shirts i just happen to be color. a white t-shirt today that's funny but no it is she's like me she's very detailed so yeah she gets that it, it was really sweet it was really cute uh she gave it and she gave it to me she gave it to me saturday i think but you shared it for father's day with like a really heartfelt thing saying hey how much i've stepped up and all that and mm-hmm. so you know i i definitely feel like i am I am a father figure to them, and I, I really hope I can be the best father figure I can be for them. I mean, I, I, have, there's, I have a bit of a learning curve because I've never been a father. Mm-hmm. You've, you've been doing this for four and five years now, and I'm just, now, I'm just now starting. I mean, I've had a little experience with past girlfriends that had right. kids, but so it's... It's a lot to learn. It really it is. is. It is. It's, not only is it a lot for you to learn, it's a lot for them to learn. Because they're, I don't know, they just, and you know, as they get older, they're going to play that whole, you're not my dad card. Oh yeah. And I'll be like, hopefully not. Hopefully you guys have that relationship to where I'm I'm the kind of father figure and they respect that instead of, yeah, don't tell me what to do. I'm the old, I'm the old school guy that's going to be like, I don't give a fuck if I'm your dad or not. (laughs) I mean, you've seen me with your son. Like when he goes, you're mean, I'll be like, I can be a lot meaner. (laughs) And I'm that way with my kids too. Respectfully meaner not ridiculously over the top like she's heard i've only ra- i've only had to raise my voice like two three times and you know they listen they do and you know i think so far you've been doing a really good job you have and i mean if they want to make you a father's day card versus their own father apparently that's saying something right but yes i and they do like you and they are going to for the rest of our lives Say they hate us, yeah. When they get mad at but, us, but that's the thing. So we're doing a good job, and if they yeah. say they hate us, <laughs> <laughs> to an extent, yeah. Uh, I mean, if I mean, we're we're not their friends. No, we're not. We're we're their parents. We are, and that's that's the bottom line. So I mean, it, it's a fine. It is a fine line because you want to be their friends, mm-hmm. and I <clears throat> and they and I am to a point. You want to be fun, but there's there's a line you cross when. Uh, you just, you got to switch, flip the switch and be like, all right, you little shit. Right. <laughs> no, and see, no, and I get that. And I actually, I never already told you this, but I might as well say it again. Cause it makes me proud that I had a cop tell me, cause I was talking to my coworker about what I was saying to my kids, a little speech I gave them cause they were acting up 
he came up to me and said, we need more parents like you. And that made me feel really good. made me feel like I was doing something right because I am way too hard on myself. And you know I am. Mm-hmm. How is that? Uh, the, the, what's, I can't even remember what it's fucking called. Triple the berry? triple berry Slurpee from 450 North. Uh, it's actually really good. If you smell it. Am I going to like it? If you, if you smell it, it actually, it, it still has, it no, it still has the same smell that they all have, which is that, ye- and which is that same, uh, yeasty taste. But if you taste it, you don't really notice the yeast that 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 f- taste that you're going for. You, it's more of the berry. Nate said I was in the right, so thank yep, you, Nate. I saw that. That makes me very. If happy. Captain Dickless didn't tell us who Ollie was with, there would be war, <laughs> right? It ended up escalating into a, like a really long, a horrible fight. He said text I was... argument, saying that she's a part-time parent. I'm a part-time and it's like, parent wanting full-time credit when I had the kids way over. You have okay, so you have the kids. I think it's starting good. starting with Monday. You have Monday, Tuesday. Um, skip Wednesday for one week. Go to Thursday, Friday. If it's his week, you have Saturday, Sunday. Right. So you alternate between mo- every we have two weeks. Okay, so he's on a two week schedule. So this week, yes, I had them Monday, Monday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night. He gets them Wednesday morning and has them until Thursday evening. At 5.30. At 5.30. <laughs> Key point. <laughs> Key point. Key point right there. I get them Thursday at 5.30, and I have them all the way until Monday morning when he gets them. And then he has them Monday morning until Tuesday evening, and then I have them from Tuesday evening to Friday morning, and then he has them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it just repeats that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm the one who... <clears throat> Keep wakes in mind. up with them every morning, yeah. takes them to the babysitter, gets them ready. He doesn't even actually get them early on the mornings that he gets them. They sleep in because I live with my parents right now. They sleep in until they're awake and they've had breakfast and my mom feeds them and takes care of them. And then he comes and picks them up. Yep. So he's not a parent. He's a babysitter. Essentially. Yeah. And, you know, like last Monday was his Monday. Yes. And who had him? We did. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys you guys ask each other if you can take over a day. Cuz we have an agreement if we need time off or we have we it's our day with the kids and we need to go do something, we ask each other first. His answer is always no. Always. But your More answer is always no. yes. I don't even hesitate. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. We are here. We have a very special guest who is one of the few members of the Journey into Comics Network family that has yet to officially be interviewed on this show until today. We're changing that up. But also, in a weird turn of events, this is not his first appearance on the show as he hosted the show back in April, as strange as that is. So welcome to the show from Podcastrophe, Tyler McLaughlin. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I've had uh, a rough, like a really good week with a rough couple of days, and this podcast is long overdue. You know, we've been trying to get it done for a couple months now, so... Yes, it also is cool because it opens up avenues to do other of our podcasts, like 
my wheels are already turning like, ooh, journey into comic stuff. What's right. going on? Like, we, you, we need to get into that. You know, it's a miracle. Uh, I, I finally bought a computer after not having one for nine years, so it's like... You did good, man. I, I called you the other night just to make sure that I remembered how to use a computer, and I was like, <laughs> wow, I figured out Skype. You know, I'm moving up in the world, but... You're, you're, I'm going to be going back to school and shit, so I need. I had to... It was time I got a computer. Dude, you're going through, like, a bunch of changes right now all of a sudden. Yep. Like, I don't even know if we want to necessarily start there. We totally can, but, like, um, when I met you, we know each other through podcasting, Brando, Mike, and the guys from Subaru, all right. kind of picked you up. Really, the first time I heard your name was through Dick, because Dick's like, there's this guy... And I'm going to get him on my fucking show, and he's going to be my co-host. I don't know if he knows it or not, but he's going to be my fucking co-host. And I'm like, oh, well, I, if, if you vouch for him, he must be a great dude. You know, like, I'm not really sure. And then we met, and, you know, I think at first you were a little bit, like, calm, cool, quiet. You weren't, like, super exuberant like you are. Well, I and, like to be uh, professional. You know, yeah, I, yeah, you were just, like, feeling out the situation like you should, you know? Th- there's, Not like, a, there's a lot of my personality that, you know, the best way to describe me as a person is I'm very abrasive. You know, I, I can be an asshole, but I can also be the nicest person in the world. It all just depends on what kind of uh, vibe you're, you're sending my direction. Totally. And if, you know... When I was a kid, I was w- raised in a, in a kind of a really weird environment. But, you know, everyone is told when they're a kid, well, you need to respect your elders. And I never, that never vibed with me. If you show me respect, I'm going to give you respect. Because you're earning my respect by giving me a little bit. Now, if you respect me and then I, I truly know that you're a piece of shit, I'm not going to give you, you know, oh, shit. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, I'm not gone. I had a stupid... Pop-up, pop-up. Oh, a pop-up, pop-up. Pop up. That's, uh, that's the most 2000s thing you could say on right? a podcast. Like I said, I haven't had a computer since 2009, so this is weird <laughs> still. But, uh, yeah, so I, I just, anymore, you know, I, I'm not old by any means, but now that I'm, I'm getting close to that big 30, um, I've learned to kind of keep my mouth shut when I meet people. Feel out the situation. Right, because I, I don't want to be so boisterous and over the top like I used to be and just instantly remove people from my life that could be really cool, you know? Uh, Yeah, I feel it's interesting that you say that because I definitely the same way. I'm 31 now. And when I was in my early to mid 20s, I was definitely that very exuberant out there, just in your face guy like, hey, what's up? I'm so happy to meet you. Like, how's it going, man? Let's party, you know, or whatever. Right. And and now like. It's weird, too, because now the more things I've done out in the world, the more, like, closed in I feel. Like, I have, like, really bad anxiety about seeing people and stuff now, you know? Like, even even in normal, like, life situations, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to fucking go see any human being, any human person. Right. So, totally to you, I feel the same thing when meeting new people. I'm a little bit, I'm, like, friendly, but I'm not who I am, I guess, is the way to say it. It's like a... A soft version of me. Well, and you know, when I was a kid, my grandma always used to say, there's too much meanness in the world. And, you know, like any young kid or teenager, I just ignored it. You know, I'm on top of the world. I'm invincible. You know, just typical naive kid. But now it's like, I'm to the point where 
I'm almost uh, I almost want to put the wall up because I don't want to be taken advantage of. Totally. You know? And I and I'll get into to why I've started to be like that a little bit later in the show, but you know I've been fucked over a lot and. I take care of people that take care of me, and if you're going to go out of your way to fuck me over, you got to be a pretty bad fucking piece of shit. Totally. I don't think... My first impression of you was, like I said, you were just really soft. You came off as this like like gentle guy who was just like, I'm going to fill out the room and just be patient. But like when we started talking and vibing on nerdy shit, I knew. I knew exactly who you were as a person. Right. And it's really cool because you're one of the few people, and... Not that we have to spend any amount of time on this. You're one of the few people who maybe in certain aspects we don't always see eye to eye. But, like, I respect the fuck out of you as a person. And, like, it doesn't even matter because when you say your opinion or your view, you never come across as, no, I'm fucking right. You say, here's how I see it. Take what you will. You know what I'm saying? And right. that's a that's a thing that not a lot of people even know how to handle anymore. Well, and that means a lot from you especially because – your political views and my political views are 100% polar opposites 90% of the time. And, you know... That was a great, totally made-up stat, by the way. Right. Thank you. I mean, you know, whether one of us is wrong on one hand or the other, it doesn't really matter. The fact is that I know I can sit down and have a conversation with you, especially about politics, um, you know, especially with all the shit going on right now in our political climate. And I know it's not going to turn into a screaming match. You know, it goes back to the respect thing that I was just talking about. Absolutely. If you show me enough respect to let me voice my opinion, I have no incentive to not let you voice your opinion. You know, I comp- I unfortunately, I didn't get to be on my own show this week, um, but I complimented Miranda on her ability to form an opinion and back her opinion up because... We're to the point now in society where people form opinions. They don't have to justify them whatsoever. You hit the nail on the head. My opinion is is fact. It is right. And then, then they, they don't want to discuss why their opinion may or may not be wrong. And you then know? really their opinion is like... Um, the thing that I think bothers me the most about the current like climate of the world we live in are headline chasers. People that just post because the headline and they don't think about what's in the article or they don't actually read what's beyond the text because sometimes those headlines are so misleading. They are clickbait for a reason. They are trying to get you in their visual so they get numbers. It's a fucking game. We're all playing it. Yep. And and I'm guilty of it just like anybody. You know, a lot of times I'll read clickbaity headlines and then it will make me chuckle so I'll share it. And then it's like, oh, shit. I'm didn't compa- read between the lines. Yeah, oh, you fuck. know, I'm contributing to the problem because I'm doing exactly what I'm bitching about doing, you know. It's- yeah, and sometimes people can get caught in that thing where, like, I share stuff sometimes and I don't say anything because I'm not, I don't even have an opinion yet. I just want to see what everybody else's fucking opinion is and see, like, what the view is really in our world. Because sometimes I post stuff that's like, you see crazy videos and you can't believe half the shit you see. I mean, sometimes you can, but other times you can't. And I'm a part-time conspiracy theorist. I think I'm not, I'm definitely not full-time. Right. So I, I, you have to be leery of everything, but I just try to like one thing I, I, I again, appreciate about you is you definitely bring facts to back up what you're saying. I try to go here, read this, you know, 
and I love that. And another thing that's cool is that like the reason that your opinion is how you see it, and I I will never be able to change that, and vice versa, is because our journeys, and this is the whole reason for the show today, our journeys are so different. Right. You've lived a life that I literally in no chance could ever imagine going through. Like, I, I don't even know your full story, but the bits and pieces I've got from listening on Podcastrophy, because I'm an avid fan of that show, we always I don't give a fuck that it's on uh, my we network. We always appreciate the pod daddy coming and blessing the show. Man, yesterday I got caught up. I watched the whole entire live stream because I was so baffled that Miranda was on, and she just slayed across the board. Yeah, Miranda did a good job. Like, I don't I don't mean to just, like, all of a sudden offshoot brag. That's not why we're here. But where does your journey actually, like, start, I guess, is, like, are you born in Indiana? Is this just a happenstance of a place you ended up? Or So I was born in Augsburg, Germany. Um my mom and dad were both in the service. Uh, my mom's from Lafayette. My my mom's family's from Indiana. My dad's family's from Virginia. And uh, so my parents met in the military. I was born at the hospital my mom worked at in Germany. Um, I lived in Germany for almost four years. And then my parents decided to split up. And during that time frame... My dad, my mom and dad both had to PCS back to um, Virginia, so that's a personnel change of station. So normally every three to five years, the military forces you to move. You know, if you want to be promoted or continue your career, like here, move here and then... Go up the ladder. You're literally going up the ladder right. by where people open up the position. Correct. So, and it, and it keeps you fresh in your career. That's why they do it. Um, but anyway, so we went back to Virginia and then my parents split up. My dad decided to stay in the military and my mom got out. Um, my dad actually won full custody of me and my, and the judge that presided over the case gave my mom no contact. So my mom was to never see me again ever because my mom's a piece of shit. And, um, so my dad being a single parent in the military, going back overseas, possibly being deployed, you know, there was the, during that time period, it was the Bosnia, Kosovo, you know, it was the Clinton administration. So we were doing everything in Eastern Europe that we could. Um, and then obviously right after Operation Desert Storm. So we've got a manifest destiny everywhere. Exactly. And, um, yeah. So my dad gave my mom joint custody, agreed to joint custody, knowing that my mom would dump me off on her parents, knowing that I would have a safe place to live where I could get a good education, and then I would just spend half of the year with him. So I'd do 50-50. Okay, so he ultimately, for you, probably made a tough choice that fucking wrecked him. I mm -hmm. mean, you're a parent now. I'm sure you emotionally envision having to make that same kind of decision. And right. It just is not even a, a, a thought. You can't even think Well, and like it's that. one of the things that I preach about on Podcast Free, just when I talk about people, just American, the American populace, our quality of life, the way, why we are the way that we are. And one thing, you know, Blaine, two weeks ago on the show, talked about how when he was a teenager— he was already thinking about getting married and having a family, and I think I started to go down my 
version of that, and I got sidetracked. But when I was a teenager, it was the complete opposite. It was, I don't want a family. My view of family is very different than most people's just because of the way that I was raised. And um, I'm going to guess you have more of a like a pack mentality. It's not necessarily by blood. Nope. It's by your pack and who you can trust. Yes. I fucking family told, I, it, family yes. does, is is not tied by blood. Fam, your family is who you choose your family to be. I think there's a great quote, and I've I've definitely uh, I've definitely used this as my mantra my whole life. Uh, blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. Absolutely. It's time for brews with dudes. Ah, juicy. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, sitting here once again with Casey Taylor, Jonathan North and Pub. How are you doing, Casey? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. I feel like we say the same thing every time we introduce you. I know. I got to do something different. I got to start doing butts, 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 something <laughs> like that. How's it going, Casey? Yep. Butts, butts, butts. There we go. Just stole that. Awesome. And we are sitting down here. We're getting ready. The Shorts Brewing Company, is that right? You okay. did well, yes. Shorts Brewing Company. Uh, we're getting ready to do a tap takeover with these guys. We're sitting here with... Carrie from Shorts. From Shorts. She's going she's gonna to walk us through a couple of the brews. Uh, we're also sitting here with, uh, with Mr... Uh, Peter. Mr. Peter. <laughs> See that one brew? We just recorded an episode a little before this, and apparently it got in my head a little bit. Some brews already a little fuzzy. It's only 7, 7 7.30. Goodness gracious. Um, so, that being said, let's not waste any time. Uh, what are we starting with tonight? Uh, this first beer that we've got in front of us is called Soft Parade. This is a 7.5% golden ale that we add a little bit of flaked rye, and then fresh strawberry, blueberry, blackberry, and raspberry puree. There is a pound of fruit for every gallon of wort that you've got in there, um, and we add all of the fruit prior to fermentation. So you're going to get a lot of the berry on the nose, but it is not sweet like most fruit beers. You kind of get just berry, and then it's a little bit like... Adjacent to a blush wine, if you will. Yeah. Gray summer beer. Gray summer beer. Seven and a half. We uh, we sampled earlier. Uh, we had some of the beers earlier, and that was kind of the thing that when we put the board together, we always do a little description of what it is and the alcohol content. I was like, crap, these would have really got me. I'm glad that I knew this because it does not taste like seven and a half percent. Super crushable. <laughs> Um, so this is one of Joe Short, the owner of Shorts Brewing. It's one of his original beers that he made back when we opened in 2004. Um, and where we're at up in northern Michigan, there's a lot of wine drinkers up there. So he was trying to make a beer that would cater to non-beer drinkers. Uh, and the original working name for this beer was Ye Old Leg Spreader, which uh, <laughs> you can understand why after you drink a little bit yeah. of it. Because, uh, and you probably I've, didn't have to worry about trademarks. No, at That's that point in time, it was fine. Yeah, is Some of the trademarks, the infringement, we talked about some of the leg labels and names and how a lot of breweries like to live in that gray area. The old leg spreader. Indeed. Yes. It actually, uh, it happened prior to that. Joe's uh, then girlfriend, now wife, Leah was working at the pub and she basically told him that she was sick of people coming up and ordering that beer from them yeah. or from her. Uh, and so she demanded that he come up with a new name or she was going to quit. So that was kind of, 
spreader. Yeah, so then, can I please get the leg spreader? Which that's that is not going to happen. Yeah. Please stop asking. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you said northern Michigan. Yes. Where exactly? Uh, we are in Bel Air, which is about forty minutes northeast of Traverse City. So still the Lower Peninsula, but up in the Lower Peninsula. Okay, I was yeah. just there last week. My wife's from Harrison, which is like two hours yeah. south of the UP. So we did the whole go up to Mackinac Island. It's a good thing to do. To, uh, what is that, the Bear Ranch up there? Yeah, you went to Oswald's Bear Ranch it's in the awesome. UP. It's a lovely place. The guy that runs it's just a professional badass. He literally was a Marine, a cop, a firefighter, a professional boxer, and raises... Bears. Yeah, and you can you there, can hold bears. Yeah. They have like 200. It's the only one in America. Literally, while we were there, they had cubs. He just sat in this cage with like four cubs, and they were just running around wild, like climbing stuff. The moment he came in, they all jumped on him, started licking him. He ended up bleeding because they were trying to show him love, and they have claws, but he was, was a man about it. But it was cool. It was one of the coolest places I've ever been. And then there is a huge waterfall up there. Tequamanan Falls yes. would be Tequamanan Falls would be where you went. Yes. One of the prettiest things I've ever seen. It was awesome. Very coppery colored water from all of the rocks up there. And they did have a brewery there and they had a maple stout that mm-hmm. was really awesome because the water is essentially maple colored from the sediment. It actually when the water flows down it's brown. Not it's like inc- a dirty brown. It's clear. It's weird because it's ridiculously yeah. clear, but it's like uh, this weird copper color. I didn't no. go into it, but I would they say They do no. not. No. And there's also a fun fact that uh, it's in a state park. So it's one of, I think, maybe the only, if not one of the only breweries in a state park. Just in you with knowledge. The UP is a magical place. Yeah. Everybody should go there at some point yeah, in time. Yeah, Island was awesome, too. I haven't made it that far. I think I've only made it as far as, what is it, Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids. That yep. That was another, Mackinac Island is actually a state park. Mm-hmm. The people, they have these... One to six million dollar homes on it, and they actually only own the home. They mm-hmm. don't own the land it's on. The state does. So if your house burns down, you have to have one wall to rebuild it. If there's not, tough break. Learn that. And get out. There's also no cars on Mackinac Island. Nope, it's all no motorized vehicles on Mackinac Island. You have to take a ferry. Yeah, I was out on that. I took a carriage. Yeah. Horses are horrifying. <laughs> well, I mean, they're just huge, and I don't want to make them mad because I'm going to lose against the horse every time. Yes, yes. So, yes, that's how I feel. That's fair. And then my niece, who's 15, 5 foot, and 110 pounds, is like a state champion barrel racer, jumps them, is on them all the time. Yeah, and I'm like 6'3", 220, and I'll... I'm out. I'm so, out. No. So this next one is just kind of a nice variation on what you just drank. We make this only in the summertime. It's called Soft Parade Shandy. So we basically take that same beer you just had, make our own lemonade in-house, and then blend that in prior to packaging. Uh, takes it down to about 4.2%. So uh, we all realize we want stuff that we can drink on a boat, you know, or at a campground or anything along those lines. Yeah, that's what I really like about the variance in the soft parade and the shandy. The soft parade has that crushable, awesome taste, 7.5%. Yes, exactly. Completely, you will lose two. And then they have the shandy, which is 4.2, which for people out there, like a domestic light is like 3.94%. So it's almost 
a light beer, essentially. But it has a ton of flavor. So the other one is the Sprint, and this one's the Marathon. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's we make soft parade year-round, so that, that way when you still want to have fun and it's freezing out, you can. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you can really tell that it's the homemade lemonade in there. You know, there's no high, high, high fructose corn syrup or anything along those lines. And I think that that makes a big difference in there. You can drink six of these and not have that awful, like, sweet stomach rot that you get from a lot of, uh, a lot of sugary shandies. So it's pretty great. Really? I'm sorry we're not supporting that. I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> We make good beer, though. We got a lot of, we got a lot of good breweries. There is a lot of good breweries up here. That is for sure. Pretty quality. Yeah, pretty quality breweries to have. Yeah, that's one of the fun things. Um, I cover the whole state of Indiana for us, and it's been really fun to like get into places that I would never would have went to otherwise. Like being from Michigan originally, I, there's no, I would have had no reason to come to Lafayette if it wasn't for this job. And then you come and you're like, there's so much awesome stuff here. Like. A lot of really great things. So, yeah, I enjoy it a bunch. Are you guys talking about the awesome breweries in Michigan? We actually were talking about Lafayette. Uh, I'm always jealous of Michigan. You go up there and it's like you just take a whole week and there's just so go. Many. There's so many awesome breweries up there. Do you know how many breweries are in Michigan? I know that it is over 430 at this mm-hmm. point in time. I think we're at just over I don't think it's gotten to 200 yet. It's come a long yep. way in the last five or ten years. We did not have a lot. 400. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you go to every, I feel like every time you go through any little city in Michigan, they have some cool you little <laughs> unique brewery like the state park one, you know, like mm-hmm. we're in a state park. I'm going to see a waterfall in oh, wait, there's Lodge 33 with its own brewery. <laughs> and it's like, this is awesome. Yeah. And it's happened. I mean, back in like 2011, I think we had under 200 as well. So that really has happened within the last seven years that it's like everybody is kind of caught on to that and I've seen so many small towns that had really no kind of tourism aspect nothing going on and then they got a brewery and that's what happened like the town that we're in is a population of 1200 people so like it's tiny and again we opened up in 2004 we've done four expansions on our pub at this point in time and now 500 people can come to the pub Um, I was just up here this week and on Wednesday night we still had like a 45 minute wait for a table and you're like, that's it's crazy, but it's just because you you create a destination, and then a whole bunch of other stuff comes in. So now we've got in the town of Bel Air, there's also a meat and cider place. A distillery is going in like two blocks down from us. So mead. it's kind of it cool. Just keeps coming up. 